across the street from our old place <laughs> that's that's true we moved from underground to a second floor apartment across the street we are ascending so what are we doing today man today we're doing the deadly mantis actually it's pretty funny because i picked out two insect movies that both had the deadly in it Mm-hmm. part <laughs> of the deadly series yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a series I'm just i know that <laughs> What was the I, other one? What was the other option? I picked out um, the Deadly Bees. Yeah, Freddie Francis's The Deadly Bees. I didn't even realize they both had the deadly and an insect in their name. Well, I mean, they were side by side alphabetically on the shelf under deadly. So yeah. it adds up. Yeah. They also look also just really good. Also, we watched them. Both. Yeah, we, we've seen them both. That's true. That's true. We've seen them both before. And so we took another look at The Deadly Mantis, which is a movie that is so good, it was also on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yep. Cheesy stuff. Also, we only had, I think, one ac- like actual clip in six minutes. Oh, yeah. Remember, because there's, like, maps and, like, for, like, and stuff like that for, like, six minutes. Yeah. So, I don't know if you remember this, man. We were watching the special features on mole people or tarantula or something like that, right? And what they were talking about is at a point in the 50s, right in the mid-50s, just kind of shortly before this, Universal, they had their monster movie division, right, their horror movie division, and... They decided to basically stop spending a bunch of money making monster movies and instead spend a little bit of money making monster movies. And the way they saved money was by using tons of stock footage. So it looks like in the first six and a half minutes of the movie, apart from some maps that they kind of like doodled on and had, you know, scan across the screen... There's only one original shot, as far as I can tell. Maybe a plane landing was original, but every other shot for like six and a half minutes was stock footage. Yep. And as he said, there there was a map. Um, As he said, they doodled with it. They did doodle with it. And they explained that there were like radars that we placed (laughs) to, I don't know, to like track enemies, but like... (laughs) It's exciting stuff, right? Yeah. They just talk about radar for... (laughs) Freaking two minutes. And then, like, why is it only going into Canada? Like, it literally, it it goes up into Canada. Why not? There's other places. (laughs) 
there's literally <laughs> other places around. I like that your problem with it is not that they wasted two minutes of our time talking about maps and like radar and I stuff. I am still. But that, <laughs> it's Canada. What do you got against Canada? Nothing. What if we moved I'm, to Canada? No, I don't have anything against Canada. I'm just like, why do they only go up into Canada? There is things that, the, there is things that is not Canada next to us. Canada um, is not yeah. surrounding us. Well, I and mean, there's only ra- there's only <laughs> raiders going up into Canada. Sure, yeah, sure. That does not. Make but sense. it's well, I mean, it makes sense insofar as where the deadly mantis escapes its icy prison yeah. is north of Canada. It's up in you know the North Pole area. Some movies are supposed to make sense with what they're about, but when you think about um, the real world, it doesn't make sense. In what way does this not make sense like, in the real I'm, world? Sorry, I didn't mean like that. Like, it makes sense with the movie and why they did that. But when you kind of think about it, that kind of doesn't, kind of doesn't make, there's kind of a little fault in that if it, if we really did do that. If we did Sometimes, what? If like, if like, <laughs> if like we actually put those radars, we could be attacked by other places. Well, sure, but yeah, I'm. But, yeah. I mean, I imagine some of that is rooted in fact, or all of it. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stuff in in this movie about ground spotters and stuff. Uh, people who keep an eye out for airplanes. You also have to keep in mind, Al. And I don't know if this is anything that you know about, but this was during the Cold War. Have you heard of that? The Cold War. No. Okay, so Russia and the surrounding countries used to be this big conglomerate of countries called the USSR or the Soviet Union. And America and the Soviet Union were in a Cold War for decades. And what that meant is we were in basically a war, but it was kind of like at a standstill, right? We weren't actually fighting, but there was constant threat of fighting. And the real threat was from nuclear weapons. And so for decades, people in America were afraid that at any moment nuclear bombs were going to be dropped on America. And so that's part of what they're talking about here, why they have those people who are looking up into the sky, you know, to keep an eye out for the deadly mantis. Those would be the people who would actually be keeping an eye out for Soviet airplanes that are coming by to, you know, drop nukes. Okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's why so much of 50s sci-fi is about irradiated bugs and stuff becoming gigantic. It's fears of, you know, nuclear energy. Yeah, is that where all the giant bug films we like to come from? Yes. Yep. Okay. I mean, with the exception of later stuff like uh, Empire of the Ants and things like that. But like, yes, from the 50s, the black and white ones that we like, those are pretty much... Uh, all from the 50s, yeah. Yeah. So, Deadly Mantis. What do you want to talk about with this flick, my man? Well, kind of think it's funny about the mantis, because it sounds like it's a giant bee. It makes a <laughs> sound. Yeah, it's it's very bee-like. They also describe it as sounding like a fleet of bombers. I don't remember the type of bombers they were talking about, but uh, something like... In order directed towards the ground spotting people, right? The people who look out for planes, that you'll recognize the sound of the mantis because it sounds like a fleet of bombers. Yeah. So bees, bombers, 
Uh, it flies around. We don't see it for a long time, though. No, we don't. No, we don't. But the first thing we see is its head. Right. That we can't <laughs> see its head because it's encased in ice. <laughs> that's a good point. The first thing we see in the movie that's original footage, apart from map footage, is the mantis frozen in ice. So we see the mantis right up front. And then they hide the mantis from us for like 20, but, 30 like, minutes. We only see its head, though. Yeah, but even still, we know it's a mantis. The movie's called Deadly Mantis. And we saw it already. So then they hide it from us like it's a mystery what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's weird, right? Yeah. It is kind of weird. But, uh, yeah. Also, we are at the, I think it's South, North Pole, right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, believe so. Yeah, we're in the North Pole. Also, there's, like, this, like, tower thing that crashes down. Okay. Um, but, and then they come, like, and they saw things, and they're, like, a plane never could have made that short of a landing. Oh, when they attack, like, the radio, um, the the little base. Yeah. Like, uh, how, if you're, like, how could a plane do that, though? Well, that's their point, right, is that a plane couldn't land in that short of a stretch where they see what looks like might be tire tracks but we of course know that it's obviously mantis tracks or whatever from the mantis yeah, landing it also doesn't make sense uh yeah a plane couldn't make that sort of a liftoff but also how could a plane do that without I mean, that's blowing the, everything that's up the point. yeah that's exactly the like, point yeah and then they say maybe it was a helicopter <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> A helicopter? What is that? Is it, he- is it, is it like a helicopter? But it's helicopter. A- <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a male helicopter. Oh, a helicopter? I got you. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And then there's a she-licopter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a good one, man. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's a dad joke i've trained yeah. you well <laughs> so other funny noises in this movie apart from the buzzing is the the growling that the mantis does <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it literally it's literally saying roar and then sometimes it's just like <laughs> like it's making these strange grumbly noises it doesn't even normal bug noises it either says roar or it's like i mean it's also gigantic though yeah. this sucker's like three also, stories tall when it's walking around oh gosh yeah dinosaurs didn't actually say roar though oh yeah i'm pretty sure what sound did they make i don't know <laughs> okay okay that's what i thought <laughs> but it's really funny it's like the dinosaur sounds no oh. the mantis the mantis it's like gotcha. it's weird because i think they took just roar and made it quieter and tried to make it a bug sound sure you know you do that yeah. in sound design right you'd go in and you'd say but, okay we got a praying mantis and we're gonna make a giant praying mantis so what are we gonna make it sound like and through trial and error, you take sounds of roars and things like that, and you see which one works best for you. But you, know? you can still hear it say roar. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's fair. I mean, yeah. it's a cheapo movie, though. Like I said, a solid six minutes straight, we don't get any original footage apart from footage of maps. And there's only 79 minutes to this movie anyway, and the thing is chock-a-block full of stock footage. Yeah. 
And yet we watch these things all the time. So like, we <laughs> it may sound like we're complaining about it, but we readily throw these in often. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but like what's happening in the movie, okay, other than the deadly mantis flying around and attacking buildings and stuff, what else is going on in this movie? In order to kind of address how weird it is that we do watch these movies all the time, let's talk about what else is happening for a minute. Okay, so, like, basically the mantis, like, left one of the, like, um, what is it? Spurs? Like, one of its little, yeah. yeah, one of its little spurs from its claw. Or, yeah. And, like, they, no one, they don't know what it is. And they call a scientist who, mm-hmm. like, who can, what's something prehistoric? I, I can't say it. <laughs> a prehistoric creature uh, or whatever. Yes, yeah. with just a bunch yeah, he, of bones. Well, he works at um, a museum, right? And, mm-hmm. yes, as you say, he deals with, um sort of paleontological kind of finds or something like that, right? Yeah, but also how... And he works with, like, dinosaurs and stuff. How do they know it's a dinosaur? Or how do they know it's not a dinosaur? And I'm pretty sure they knew it wasn't a bone. Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, filled with cartilage and whatever, so it's clearly not a bone as we understand bones. But Mm -hmm. it was gigantic, and so they didn't know what it was, right? So we get a lot of scientists sitting around in rooms talking about what this thing is or is not for a long time. It's just, like, so much of, like, um, I think it's, like, most of the middle of the movie is just them, like, oh, what is this? It's, like, um, it's supposed to be, like, yeah, what is it? Even though you totally know it's a mantis. Yes. They're, like, what is it? And they have no idea what it is. That's most of the middle of the movie. Like, like, it's, like, but we know where it is. It doesn't make sense at all. Right. And then, of course, we finally see the mantis. <laughs> Again, after Again. ages. Right? Yes. But it's a, it's a lot of scientists hanging around, talking to military folk. Like most of these movies, right? And one of the reasons that I think this happens so often that we get so many military officers, like, meeting with scientists or whatever in these movies is because most of the stock footage they could get a hold of is stock footage of planes and stuff, or at least the most exciting stock footage they could get. Yeah. So then you need military people, right? That needs to be part of the story at that point. Yeah. Also, they say it's flying. Um, also, like, it flies south, and they're like, it's going to go to, like, um, tropical climates, like, where it used to be. Also, how do they know it used to be there when the... If it was alive a long time ago, how did they know it lived there? Well, I mean, they might be assuming that it's so old that it would have been, like, on Pangaea, right? Like, the the continent that when, like, our, when Earth had just one gigantic chunk of land or whatever yeah. that, like, split apart, that sort of thing. Maybe that's what they're thinking, right? Yeah. It's like, their hypothesis is this thing is so old that it's from... An earlier time in Earth's history when everything was kind of around the middle of the planet and the planet was hotter anyway. So it's probably going to warmer places. Yeah, also, I'm pretty sure it might be from the time where there was so much ox- um, oxygen, everything was giant. Yeah, so yeah. It's you learned about that on Cosmos. Survive. Yeah. Right? That there was a time period on Earth where there was so much oxygen that yeah. bugs could be gigantic and stuff. Yeah. The, like, uh, but then there was a massive was like, extinct, 
Then there was a mass extinction event. Yeah, I don't remember how, but like everything went out. Also, the, I don't even know how the Yeah, they went out. They just got their, their coats and hats on and, and they said, I'll be back in a while, dear. I'm going to go out for some milk. And they never came home again. Dad, really, that's not what I meant. <laughs> Are you <laughs> also, sure? Also, yes, that is. Also, how could the mantis survive? I don't know. I don't know either. But without it, then we wouldn't really have a movie, right? You're right. I mean, we barely have a movie as it is. We've done two stock footage heavy movies right in a row. You realize that? Yeah. Also, I also have no idea how they killed the mantis. Oh, well, yeah, they were like, uh, it goes into the the tunnel, right? Yeah. And And in New York, it goes into the tunnel and they trap it in and then they fill it with gas. The, the tunnel. They fill the tunnel with yeah. gas, not the, the, the mantis. <laughs> <laughs> they fill, they fill. Giant balloon mantis. <laughs> <laughs> or a mantis that farts a lot. <laughs> mantis make farts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, they fill the tunnel with gas. Oh my gosh. And they go in with those like bombs yeah also the leader tells his guys to stay away when you throw it even though he throws all the bombs yeah yeah he's one of the three main characters who kind of don't matter there's the paleontologist there's the yeah the, all of our the main woman characters. who runs the museum's like magazine and then the main commander guy who's for whatever reason in charge of fighting the mantis even though his actual appointment in the military is being at a base at the North Pole. So it's weird that he then leaves the North Pole and is suddenly in charge of, like, SWAT Team Mantis or whatever. Also, I would yeah. happily say the Mantis is the protagonist because none of the actual um, protagonists actually ha- matter anything. Like, <laughs> you don't actually get to like them or understand them at all. They don't, well, like, matter or anything. Well, you kind of think at one point that there's going to be a love triangle thing, right? Because it's sort of built up that the paleontologist and the photographer who works for him, that they're going to maybe form a relationship or something. Because that always happens in the movies, right? Like, the main scientist guy and then the journalist woman always fall in love in these movies. But she ends up with the commander, the military guy. And you think there's going to be like a love triangle story. Only the paleontologist like doesn't care. And you realize that everything you thought about those two characters and their relationship was just based on other movies and is a total lie. (laughs) So now you're stuck with basically nothing instead. Yep. None of the main characters matter at all. But that's okay because we got great Deadly Mantis action. Also, they called the place the Codad. Oh, the Conad or whatever? I, I heard Codad. I think they say Conad. <laughs> Conad. I, don't know what, I don't know what it means, man. Conad. I think it's something to do with the radar or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's just weird. I It says, I hear Codad. I also heard that it's a shield uh, that can... Prove, like, I don't remember. Something about life and death and something? Sure, sure. Yeah. Let's move on to good monster stuff, though. So, what is your favorite monster moment here as we dive into Beastly Best? Hmm. 
probably just when the mantis is just flying around. That's your favorite part? Mine is easy. I can tell you right away. Mine is when the mantis comes up to the North Pole base and absolutely demolishes the building with everybody inside it. You remember that? And then the guys like fight him with the flamethrower? Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was my favorite part. I was like, flamethrower! Yeah, he, at first, like, the mantis, like, just crushes the building. Just wham, 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 wham. And then these dudes run out with machine guns and a flamethrower and mm. attack it. But it doesn't care at all. Yep. And they hide behind some barrels and never appear again. Yeah, that's true. They, they don't come back, I don't I am kind of sad think. that the, the flamethrower guy isn't there anymore. Yeah, I mean, maybe he dropped the flamethrower and ceased to be important. I don't know. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> so. Or maybe the mantis <laughs> ate him. Maybe. It would uh, actually be pretty cool if he ate the flamethrower. Yeah, we didn't really see the flying. mantis eat anybody. That's a missed opportunity to see the yeah, mantis, like, jam right. a person in its mouth. That'd be great. Yeah, also, of course the mantis ate people because they disappeared with no trace. Oh, yeah, I mean, they say that the mantis eats people. I mean, they establish that. But we would have loved to see a mantis oh, just yeah. like... Jamming in its mouth? Absolutely. <laughs> so then, is there a get spooked moment in here? Is there some spooky stuff? No. I think they're trying for it with the buildup of what is this thing that's attacking everybody. But they undermine that by one, calling the movie Deadly Mantis. And two, showing us the Deadly Mantis before then moving into the mystery part. Yeah. Which is not a mystery part, because we know. Yeah. It's only a mystery for the characters. It's not a mystery for us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they try very hard to make it scary and, like, pretty scary and creepy and stuff, even though it's kind... It, like, it's not. <laughs> no, they tried very fair. hard. They tried very hard. Very yes. hard. Did not succeed at all. But do we care? No. No, because this is maybe the fourth time we've watched this movie. Uh, we've watched it at least twice on Mystery Science Theater. And then we have the Scream Factory Blu-ray mm. here, which also has the Mystery Science Theater episode on it. But we have the Wait, Scream Factory Blu-ray. Yeah, it's in oh the special features. I, I can't, I do not know how funny that episode would be. It's got to be hilarious, right? Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched it in oh forever, my, but I've watched it at least twice. They do make a lot of jokes about the mantis roaring. I bet they do. We'll have yeah. to watch it and check it out. <laughs> yeah. Because it's been a while. I think the last yeah. time I watched it was actually on this disc when we first got it We need it in. to watch it when this episode is done. Oh, yeah. I'm not kidding. We are watching that well, one. <laughs> maybe when we got to go out for a, a little bit to go grab some stuff right, from the store. Yeah. But then, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> then, then, then maybe we can throw that in. Yeah. <laughs> so then the big one, Scream Themes, Alistair. What do you think this movie is telling audiences message-wise? What's the theme here? The thing I can come up with is sometimes th- sometimes things that don't... Sometimes I'm not... So, I'm sorry. Sometimes thinking out of the box um, in not doing... um, Not like full... I don't know how to... Not like following other people's... And not Examples. like, yeah, and not f- like doing that and doing your own thing. Else. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha, you. Yeah, gotcha. doing your own thing and thinking of things that aren't that people say aren't real, aren't like thing 
like doing that, normally those are true. Okay, I get what you're saying. So what you're saying is sometimes in order to solve a problem, you have to take a path that others wouldn't take, right? Because sometimes a problem isn't as simple as everybody thinks. Or yeah. other people can't solve a problem and you have to think outside the box in order to solve it. Which or, is kind of how all great like inventions yeah. were created, right? Also, like this, kind of what I'm talking about with this is like, is like not is like people don't think about anything because they probably just like um they fo- they find one thing they and they follow that and they don't and they don't think about anything else they only they only follow what they know is real and what a lot of people say and what they read but sometimes um thinking Oh, sometimes like they the, need like, to think for themselves. Yes. Yeah, They're letting other people think for them. Yeah. Okay. Like gotcha. That's there too. Yeah. Like believing the stuff that everybody says. and But sometimes thinking of things that nobody's think of before is, yeah, as you said, how a lot of great inventions That's yeah, how you break new ground. Yeah, absolutely. Love it, man. Great job. Yeah. Thanks. So... With that, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about us being online and all that business? Um, yeah. Um, uh, I know that you guys comment about this all on like the Facebook and stuff, but also if you just like um give us like a comment uh on other places like um, like like Apple Podcasts, yeah, and stuff like that, we will <clears throat> we will read it on the show. Yeah, Al, Al's been itching to read a new review on, yeah. on the show. So he was disappointed to find that we didn't have a new one. If you do that, Al will read it. Or if you have something that you would like Al to read on the show, you post a comment on, I don't know, the Curtis and Creeps Club or something, you know, uh, we'd gladly read that too. Yeah. So, yes, you can... Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and all that stuff. And we will get that. And then where else, Alistair? You can support the, you can also support the show at patreon.com slash wordsalad. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. And you can find us on Instagram. Instagram at cadavercast, one word. And... As we said, you can find us on Facebook at the Cadavercast Critters and Creeps Club. Join the club. And then email is, of course, cadavercast at gmail.com. There you go. So that's it, my man. Our first episode in the new Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And this will also be the third episode you've edited for the show. Yeah. Because you edited the last two. You did the first passes on those. And I went back through and kind of cut out a little bit, I guess, of dead space or some repetition or something like that. But for the most part, what you heard is the way Al cut them. I try to leave it alone as much as I can. Yeah. So that you hear Al's editing at work. Yep. So great job on that thus far. And then I guess that's all from us. So Al, why don't you sign us out? You've been listening to another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We love ya. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks.